Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? Howdy, Alan. I am footloose and fancy free. How about you? I love it. I am tap dancing my way through this episode today. Right on. All right. Well, this week, we're going to cover season two, episode six, Kaboom. Looking forward to it, Mark? I am so looking forward to this. As am I. All right. Well, this week's episode was directed by Charles McDougall and was written by Aisha Murar. So, Mark, I did some research on these two and pretty interesting. Charles McDougall has directed quite a few episodes uh, of The Office and Parks and Rec between the two. Specifically with Parks and Rec, he did this episode and he did Pawnee Rangers, which we'll see, I think, later in season five, five or six. That's right. Yeah. 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 And then Aisha um, is heavily involved in the production of the show with 14 episodes under the belt. Um, Let's see, executive story editor on 22 episodes, co-producer and producer of 22 episodes. So pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. And we've got a couple interesting guest stars for this one as well. We've got H. John Benjamin and Paul Shear, And I think we should talk about them a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, I think that uh, they both add a lot of flair to this episode. Well, I know that H. John Benjamin uh, probably holds a special place in our hearts, specifically, um, you know, uh, not only starting on Upright Citizens Brigade like so many, but there's one from his credits that really jumped out at me, and it was Home Movies. Did you see that? Oh, my gosh. Yep. Home Movies. Uh, I know that that holds a special place in our hearts uh, when we were in the war room there. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my gosh. But he's been in so many things. Um, And I did not know, just total ignorance, I did not know that he was Sterling Archer and Bob Belcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it's gotten to the point where, you know, his his voice is so associated with those sorts of things in my head. Yeah. When I when I hear him doing anything, I immediately think of Bob Belcher. I mean, I, like that that's immediately what I go to. It's like, how can you not be that? Yeah. And, and Bob Belcher, you know, obviously have Bob's Burgers, but before that Family Guy and before that for one, one episode of The Simpsons. So pretty crazy. Hmm. Yeah. Did I, you know that? I did not know he was did on not. Family Guy, huh? Yeah, Family Guy for quite a few episodes and one episode of The Simpsons before that. So pretty wow. interesting. Yeah. Does not surprise me. I know. And then our other guest star was Paul Shear, who we'll meet is Keith. We love Keith. Uh, <laughs> several things, more recently, the Big Mouth and the Good Place, but um, always dear to my heart, The League. Oh, oh my gosh, that is such a great show. And and he is, um, I, I, in my opinion, he's an acquired taste. I, I like when I first saw him. First of all, he's a little odd looking. I love him now, but he's a little odd looking. And then his his mannerisms, it took me a while to kind of get used to him. But now I'm yeah. like, I, I love the guy. Like I'll yeah. go back and watch stuff in, and I'll I'll just laugh. Yeah, he makes me want to build a playground. <laughs> Kaboom! Me too. All right. Well, speaking of that, let's get into this episode. And I think we, uh, we're we going to play the cold open today. How's that sound? Yes, sir. Go for it. All right. Let's do that. We noticed abnormal activity in your credit card, so we just need you to confirm or deny some of the recent charges. Okay. Thank you. $20 to Netflix. <laughs> yeah. $20 to Blockbuster Online. Both. I needed all 11 discs of Gossip Girl at the same time. Sure. $120 yeah. in tuition to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. <laughs> they give you a little wand and a diploma. It's fun. What'd you major in? Potions. Of course. You know, I'm going to take you off speakerphone. Go ahead. 
Jessica Simpson hair extensions. No, okay. Um, I wore those once. It was money back guarantee, but I forgot to return them. Man pillow, the pillow shaped like a man. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think someone definitely stole my credit card. So why don't you just cancel it? Do you want to hear what else they purchased? Yes. No, um, you don't have to <laughs> refund anything. Just cancel the credit card and we'll all go on with our lives. Thank you. So what does the man pillow look like? Daniel Craig. It's for my lower back. Oh, that's terrific. <laughs> that is that is some good stuff. I you know, I, I wanted to point out. Uh, a couple things that happen visually in oh, the yeah. cold open as well, because I know it's not obvious through the audio. Um, well, they are viewers, Mark. Well, oh, that's true. I keep on forgetting about that. Well, anyway, regardless. Um, so one is, you know, I love the um, I think we've been calling it the trope of uh, the way I've been describing it is the Tom uh, open mouth grin, fourth yes. wall breaking oh grin. God. And I knew it. Tom was loving this. He was loving this and I was looking for it. And finally where he gave it was where um, the, the, the phone lady said 120 intuition to the Hogwarts school of witchcraft and wizardry. And Tom just, bing, he just oh, beamed. No. Um, the, and the other thing was, you know, at I a would certain, pay that. I would pay that. Oh, I would pay more. Yeah. Yeah. But I would pay <laughs> triple if they would let me play Snape. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's just a fantasy. Yeah. I, I need to work on my fantasies. Yeah. Anyway, but <laughs> another one was where, you know, at a certain point in the cold open, we hear Leslie say, she's clearly realizing, okay, this is a little embarrassing. So she says to the lady, okay, you know what? I'm going to take you off speakerphone. And she clicks her phone, but because her and Tom not only share an office, but also share an office line, Tom just clicks his phone. And it continues to go through his speakerphone. And, oh, yeah. And then she's she's all flustered because she has to like run over to his desk. But he's actually holding his phone to his chest so she can't get to yeah. it. He's got that locked down like a football so she cannot get it out of his hands. So we we, the audience, can continue here with this awesome list of <laughs> embarrassing things Leslie has purchased. That's right. Hey, those are the main things I wanted to point out. But just really, really funny. Great cold open. No, I love that cold open. And uh, what jumped out at me, you know, beyond the Daniel Craig man pillow, the pillow shaped like a man for her lower back <laughs> was uh, the bucket of cake. And oh, uh, yeah. I, I think we're going to have to figure out how we get ourselves a bucket of cake for this whole thing's over, over and done with. Well, we can talk after this because, I mean, I know how to it, it doesn't matter. Just let's talk after. You were once, as I recall, on your official business cards, uh, you know, chief, chief, chief. What were you chief of sheet cake? No, first of all, you got to do alliteration. So it's secretary of sheet cake. Secretary of sheet cake. Yeah. There you have it. And that may or may not play into my knowledge of bucket of cake. But, you know, like I said, (laughs) we'll talk afterwards. All right. Well, should we talk through the synopsis, Mark? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. You know, this I thought was interesting. I know that you've um, you've given me some gentle ribbing in the past (laughs) because I, I can't help but create synopsises. Because sure. it's just the way that my brain works. And yeah, man, if, if there's a way to break apart stories, I'm going to do it. I couldn't do it this time. I believe this I is know. this is the first one in a while that's just a single continuous story. And I got to say, I don't mind that. I was curious what you were going to do with this one. Because I, I actually, as I prepared my notes for this week, I typed A story and B story. And then I found that there was no B story. Right. I was ready. I, you had gotten me trained to do that. I was going to do it the Mark way. And uh, I realized, no, there, there, 
they're really, I mean, there's some tangential stuff, but not enough to call them separate stories. That's right. There, There is nothing that if we take it out modularly, the yeah. rest of the episode flows unfettered. I think that this is just one story. That That is an excellent rule for, for figuring out how to uh, d- determine whether or not there's a multiple, multiple storyline. I like that. So here's, All right. Well, what you got? Yeah. So here's here's the synopsis that I wrote down. Um after the cold open, which actually it should be noted, this they kind of went back to um, the cold open not really having any plot relevance. And I'm not saying I like it one way or the other. It's actually kind of nice to have a, a, a plot independent one two punch of comedy just to kind of yeah. break the ice and open this yeah. up into the episode, you know? Fun starter. <clears throat> That's right, a fun starter. So after the cold open, you know, we see the gang and they're at, they're outside, they're at a playground building. Uh, uh, effort and event um and they're taking part in this this building effort in uh neighboring indiana town eagleton and it's supposed to be this one day building effort by the charity kaboom and uh leslie and ann and the gang are there as i said and leslie and ann see andy there who claims to be volunteering but he's really there for the free food um he claims he no longer lives in the pit, Andy, uh and that he's rooming with his band's drummer you know he's now all fancy and living indoors and stuff um Inspired by the energy and accomplishments of Kaboom, Leslie searches for a way to Kaboom, the issue of filling in the pit. Mark eventually suggests that she ask for forgiveness instead of permission. In other words, just rent an excavator and just freaking do it. So, assisted by Anne, Leslie starts filling in the pit the next morning, but she failed to realize dot, dot, dot. Andy was still living there, despite what he had said earlier. Um, Andy is injured when mounds of dirt fall right on him, and he's taken to the hospital with Anne as his nurse. Uh, Ron angrily tells Leslie the town is now uh, open to a lawsuit and that they're screwed, um, a lawsuit <laughs> from Andy, uh, and, and sh- he sends her to visit Andy along with city attorney Scott Braddock, H. John Benjamin, uh, in the hospital, Andy's excited to be near Anne as she's nursing him, uh, thinking that they'll get back together. But Anne tells him, no, she's with Mark now, who, unlike Andy, has a job, an apartment, a future, et cetera, et cetera. Um, disheartened by this, Andy decides to sue Pawnee to get money f- to impress Anne and tells Leslie this when she visits with attorney Scott Braddock. Leslie's convinced that she can reason with Andy if lawyers aren't freaking present. So she tries to call Andy, but Andy won't return her calls. Finally, Anne calls Andy because she knows that he'll take her message right. or her call and ask him to come to her house, intending to let Leslie and Andy talk in private. Andy shows up later, completely naked, yes, of course. <laughs> assuming Anne <laughs> wants him back and leaves the house shaking her head and disgusted. Um, Leslie and Andy talking and he admits he's suing the town to win Anne back, but Leslie thinks of another way he can impress her. So the next day at City Hall, uh, uh, Leslie and Andy have a little business going on there, a little little shenanigans, where Leslie and Scott Braddock, attorney Scott Braddock, uh, meet with Andy, and Andy claims that he's willing to drop the lawsuit if they agree to fill in the pit immediately. And you know, the, Andy kind of has him over a barrel, which Leslie knows. So Scott agrees, unaware it was a trick between Andy and Leslie. And then the next day, the pit is filled in and turned into a lot. Although it should be noted, it's not a park yet, but now it's no longer a pit. It's now a lot. And uh, an impressed Anne waves at Andy while the construction work is going on. I think that's about it. 
Uh, yeah, we have a yeah. kicker, but yeah. 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 That, that's a great synopsis. Yeah. No, it's very good. And uh, like you said, it, it's really a single storyline and all every, every bit here that remained in the episode that didn't hit the deleted scenes or the cutting room floor that we never know about pretty much moves that one single storyline forward. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, Mark, I, I know we always do our uh, also known as our AKAs because, <laughs> you know, never to be, uh, you know, we will we'll never settle here at Live from Pawnee. We just won't do it. And these these titles that NBC comes up with are passable, but they're not good. Absolutely, Alan. We here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters, we strive for excellence in everything that we do. And, you know, for our, our quality viewers, they expect the best from us. And that they really do the best AKAs. And I'm sorry, NBC, I love you, but you just ain't serving up the steak. You got the hamburger. So, Alan, what's our yeah. steak? Well, I'll tell you what. So, Kaboom, like you said, fine episode title and, you know, right. maybe one of their better ones. And but, you know, it's just not good. Um, yeah. So, right. So I had three. Um, but. <laughs> Well, look, again, I'm an overachiever and, you know, I, I couldn't settle on a single. I did settle on a single, but I will. I'm going to just give you all three right real quick. Of course you are. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so my, my third favorite, a.k.a. was got to go. Me and an old Asian lady are double teaming some monkey bars. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, that's pretty darn good. I like that one. I, I mean, right. I mean, I would have chosen it had it been more representative of the entire episode. Right. Um, I never trust anything that comes that quickly. That's why I don't eat minute rice. That was number two. <laughs> right, right. Innuendos I mean, are flying here. They really are. And who can yeah. blame her, right? Yeah. 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 I don't trust my, it either. My all-time favorite, aka, uh, for, for this episode was, great, who gives me the go-ahead to not ask for permission? Is that Ron? <laughs> <laughs> that is great. And I feel it's like quintessential that really was. Leslie. Right. It's not only that, and it is, as you kind of alluded to this, that is pretty representative of the episode. So I, I see it why is. it took your, your number one spot. I like all three of those though. Well, thank you. Um, What'd you come up with Mark? Well, you know, it occurred to me, Alan, um, we had discussed in the, uh, in the few, last few episodes, you know, at some point, you know, you and I are going to wildly disagree in our scoring yeah. and traditionally you would score it a little bit higher than I did. And so, you know, there's going to be a first for every single one of those times. And I think that we've, occasionally mention that you and I may at some point in the future uh, share an AKA that we selected. That's not today. I just want to, <laughs> but I just want to make our, our viewing audience aware that, you know, the way you teased a, it up. Yeah. I thought it was going to happen. <laughs> there's always a danger zone. Well, I was really afraid you're going to pick this, but um, mine is a Ronism. So there is a point in the episode where Ron bellows out, nope, in my office now, brings yeah. her in there. And, and you know, Leslie's still really pumped about uh, Kaboom and stuff. And she's yeah. like, well, hey, Ron, you know, hey, right, ask for forgiveness, not permission, right? Uh, and and he's like, yes. And and he, he proceeds to use a lot of ka-insert yes. word here um, yeah. to describe things like, you know, I just got my ass ka-handed to me. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and now we're ka-screwed. And he ends it up by saying, what the were you thinking about, you know, beep like we just did there? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And I felt like that, again, was kind of um, <laughs> it's kind of an indicator of what the what the episode was about a little bit. Like yeah. She kind of went rogue there. Um, so anyway, that's my AKA. 
I, I like that one a lot. And, and I tend to, I, I did, I did consider it. It was on my consideration list, but I left it for you on purpose because I know the man crush that you have on Ron Swanson and I didn't want to interfere with that, that to, magic. Total man crush. Absolutely. Yep. Good, good thought. <laughs> All right. Well, I, we, one of the other things we've been tracking as we've gone through these episodes is kind of the, these firsts and the tropes. You mentioned tropes earlier. Um, you know, I've got, actually got a fun fact for this week. Uh, I don't know if that one will have staying power for the future or not, but let, let's go through those real quick. I, I had a few here. I'm interested to see what you picked out, Mark. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, we started out our podcast having first and well, not started out, but I mean, a few episodes in, you know, we started doing first and tropes. And then I think a few episodes back, you introduced the delightful uh, pairing of those with goofs. Oh, and, yes. and there, there aren't always goofs uh, present. So it's not always something that we talk about. I do have one. Oh, there's a big one here. I'm curious. I think you got it. What do you got? Well, it's 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 involving Eagleton. Yeah, me too. Okay, so I the, tracked it. Yep. What what we're talking about, uh, uh, podcast viewers at home, is um, <laughs> there is uh, in the very first scene after the cold open, Leslie has a line where she's addressing the camera. It's a talking head, and she says, "Well, we're here in Eagleton. It's two towns over, and we're all volunteering for Kaboom." Yep. Well, we we. Eagleton was founded when a group of the wealthiest and more prominent citizens of Pawnee fled to the West <laughs> after uh, finding Pawnee soil untenable and quite frankly, the smell unpleasant. Um, so th and there's actually an episode, uh, an episode in season three where the city of Eagleton built a fence to yep. keep Pawnee residents away. So therefore, this is a small continuity gap, or at least it, it will become one. I guess I shouldn't right. say it's one right now, but it will become one as the towns actually border each other. So it's not two towns over. That's correct. I, I, I track the same thing. I, and I also noted that just I, I put Eagleton mention, you know, as a trope, because um, it's not a first, it's the second or third time they've actually mentioned the existence of Eagleton, um, you know, because I think we had our, um, our, our, pract our uh, Leslie's date, the, the older gentleman. Um, George Gernway. Yeah, George Gernway was from Eagleton, and I think it's been mentioned a few other times. But this this gaff, as you put it, is exactly right. We 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 come to know and love the fact that they are literally only a a graffitied fence apart from each other later, and and they keep that up through the rest of the series. So um, they 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 did not follow their own rules here, as TV uh, sitcoms often do not. That's right. And it maybe also is worthwhile to mention that, uh, you know, this is looking into the future. So maybe this is a little bit unfair, right. but eventually they get to the point where it's kind of a, a trope in and of itself that everybody freaking hates Eagleton. Right. Yeah. There's and no Eagleton hate here yet. You're right. That's exactly right. It's not that they're in love with Eagleton. They right. kind of nothing Eagleton, which is, that's right. it's fine. It's, it's continuitous. But it's so not far. Funny. But no, it's much funnier when they hate Eagleton. <laughs> it really is. And, and there's, a, there's a great, yeah, it's a great plot device for a couple different episodes. Uh, a Leslie origin story too, which we'll get to one of these days. But yeah. Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, I, I noted a couple other tropes, I guess. Um, not so many firsts, I would say. Um, a first of a nature, I suppose. I had, you know, uh, the pit obviously is a trope, but the pit becomes the lot in this episode. That's and right. That's kind of a first, if you will, because from here out, we'll talk about the lot, not the pit. But um, I also had uh, on my list injured Angie, <laughs> injured Andy, right? right? Which, you know, again, I don't know, what is this our third scene in the hospital with him? Yeah, he's very accident prone. He really is. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's a line in this later too about <laughs> he threatens to fall in the pit 10 more times. So, <laughs> and he would. Uh, Leslie picking on Jerry. I had that as a trope. I have something to add about that. Too. Yeah. Tell me about that. Because I, I agree with you. I had that as a trope. I'm also going to suggest there's something here that I could lobby for being a first. Okay. What's that? And so I don't know if this is the first time, but it's the first time that I can remember. So we see punching bag, Jerry. That's why I like to call him. I like that. And, and, and instead of it's I, interesting, you know what though, punching bag, Jerry is PB and J. Oh my gosh. It was right in front of me. Yeah. Right in front of me the whole time. I didn't yeah. see it. Oh my gosh. So instead of being so far, We've seen punching bag PBJ, punching bag Jerry being lambasted for no apparent reason other than he's just present. You know, like he, he's just yeah. he's called out for no reason and he's yeah. kind of stunned. He's by breathing him. air. That That's exactly right. In this case, he actually does something slightly annoying. In this case, I think he used permanent marker on the dry erase board. Good point. So, so arguably could maybe be deserving a little bit of negative attention now that Leslie goes way overboard, which as always is sure. so freaking funny, but as always, you know, I, I think that we're going to see more of this sort of interplay uh, throughout the rest of the series. You know, it's not unusual for Jerry to be the group's punching bag for no reason, but I think it's going to eventually get to the point, point where it's also not unusual for Jerry to have, yeah, what, what he I, earned what it. I, yeah, well, I mean, but see, but kind of. <laughs> the, I, the, what I come to think of as minor but annoying Jerry yeah. screw up. So, something that does it deserve for him to be ribbed a little bit? Yes. Does it of deserve course. for him to be imagined as not born? Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe that's going a little overboard. It might but. be extreme. But come on. I think we both had a meeting in that same conference room where we walked in and tried to erase that whiteboard and someone had to use permanent marker. That was I mean, me. It was you. I know. That's oh why. my God. Yeah. You, you're a Jerry. I really am. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I swear to God, if you hadn't reminded me that that was you, I, I wouldn't have remembered. <laughs> I should have just kept my mouth shut. Yeah, that really uh, was me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a picture somewhere in my phone roll for that. I'll have to find it. Oh, God. Anyway, I don't know if that's really a first or not. I just, I thought it was interesting, if nothing else. I love that they go overboard no matter what, because yeah, that's, that's gold, too. Jerry. Well, you know, and and I didn't realize that now we're going to have to go PB&J. There's just no getting around it. I <laughs> I thought we were going to do something new, and I named the, the segment Damn It, Jerry, which, you know, uh, it's still good, but PB&J, we're going to keep it. Just rolls off the tongue. It really does. Yeah. You know, we we so we've we've pointed out our first our tropes, our our continuity error, our, our gaff, if you will. Um, I would get a fun fact. Yes. So you you've described here in the synopsis, uh, basically the episode is about building a playground, right? Right. Uh, it's this company, this guy named Keith. Um, Keith. K e f f K e e f. Uh, I can't spell. That's right. And I got the script for this episode, Mark, and I love his last name was even better. And I don't think they ever used it. It was Keith Slurtner. <laughs> so I have no idea why they didn't keep that in. But Keith Slurtner. <clears throat> You're making that up. No, I swear to God, I'm not. I'll, I'll send you the script and you can look at it yourself. 
But anyway, there's this great, you know, uh, this, we'll talk about that. As we break down the episode, we'll reveal kind of what happens. But but Kaboom is actually a real company. I did not know this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an actual playground charity. They do the the single day or at least a short term build, um, you know, and and the, the premise of this episode kind of plays on that a little bit. But I didn't realize it was real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually didn't either. And I think, I think I, I looked at the Wikipedia for something about this episode and they mentioned that as well. Wow. And they actually had um, the, I think the, the president of Kaboom was of course very pleased that they were getting, you know, publicity and he sure. ended up giving his critique of the episode saying it was perfect. Perfect. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. His, his name's Daryl Hammond, not that Daryl Hammond though, which I, I thought was funny. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just so, opportunity. Yeah. There you go. Well, I think the only thing we haven't covered uh, before we'll take our first break is um, deleted scenes. I, I think you mentioned them briefly earlier. I counted seven, roughly about two minutes and 53, se- 53 seconds worth. Um, what stood out for you here? Well, let's see. Um, one thing I wanted to make mention of, because I know in the past we have, uh, both of us have described how much we love the great Pamela Reed uh, playing mm-hmm. uh, Marlene Griggs. Nope, there is actually, um, <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, we, we don't really get to see as much of her. I do like her. And, and I like when she's on the show. I feel like it gives it a bit of flavor. I don't feel like we see enough of her. I wish we saw more of her. So anytime we have even a deleted scene like this, I want to make note of it. Um, this was where Leslie was visiting her mother uh, senior administrator of the county school system and and visiting her in her office and I think this is after Leslie had the uh, accident with Andy and yes. she you yeah. know and she's telling her like mom this is what I did is like the forgiveness and not permission right I cut through the red tape and she's like you, you <laughs> did what and she has a her mom has a great quote here where she that. says you know, you cut through the red tape, honey. Why don't you know why red tape was invented to cover your ass? Red tape is our pants. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I have to include this just because it's too freaking funny. Leslie has an immediate follow up line saying, Mom, <laughs> she says, Mom, I went rogue, I went cowboy. Now I have to find a way to go reverse cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> it was really a pretty good deleted scene it was it, it got weird and dark at the end where she starts talking about you know cocaine and the cia and the contras but you know um yeah short of the last line or two it was it was a keeper for sure i like that one it did get a little dark although i do have to mention too you know she Leslie's saying to her mom she's trying to describe her she's like you know mom do you understand I built a playground in a day in a day it's like your stores of cocaine and 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 her mom kind of looks between Leslie and you know the the documentary camera which is always there and 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 she said she said Leslie those were different times everybody everybody in government was doing cocaine it was like Snapple I love that. And then it got darker and, you know, but yeah, yeah, it was a good scene. Anyway, how about you? Um, There were, like I said, I think there are seven total. Uh, The two that stood out as my favorites um, were were first Ann and Leslie. Um, They've got their shovels and they're 
they they are, they get the competitive spirit as i like to say and they they look over and they they see this other group of of workers and uh she says we can't let those jackasses beat us and and they pan across and it's a group of 8 year old girls <laughs> and then Leslie goes man they're fast so that was one of them and the other one was uh Keith is is leaving for the the playground for the day as everyone's kind of headed out and uh he's he shouts out see you tomorrow in Muncie and then he's trying to figure out who's going to the Muncie and uh he starts doing the worm in the playground dirt there which i thought was oh, yeah. an excellent way to leave uh you know to leave any any place agreed the only other other, other scene i can think of to make mention of is there's a it's not a great one, but it's kind of interesting. There's an extended scene where Leslie is talking with Andy at Anne's house. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, Leslie's saying, well, you, Anne's not going to respect you if you get this money from the lawsuit. And then Andy's kind of contemplative about it for a second. And she's, and he said, but she will respect my sweet Porsche that I spend all my winnings on. And then he, he poses this like it's a very obvious question to Leslie. He says, have you ever met a guy who lives in a Porsche? you got to respect that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Look, anyway, if you're going to be homeless in your car, make it a Porsche. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, they should really consider putting that in their marketing brand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I think we're, we're at the point where we're going to take a real quick break. Uh, I'm not sure who our com commercial sponsor is today, but it, who knows? It might be Bucket of Cake. Who knows? We can All right. Hope. We'll be right back, everybody. Do you have a friend or loved one with a forthcoming birthday celebration or need to plan for another important jollification? Are you having trouble thinking of the perfect gift for him or her? Then Bucket of Cake may be the answer. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. It is a commonly accepted fact that cake is a beloved treat for celebrations of all types. However, the downside to these celebrations is having to share said cake with others. With Bucket of Cake, this is no longer an issue because Bucket of Cake allows each party guest to have their own single-serving bucket. Therefore, there is no longer any need to share. When receiving your own Bucket of Cake, you receive a handsomely decorated bucket containing the cake flavor of your choice, along with an industrial-sized spoon to assist in transporting the cakey goodness between the bucket and your face hole. Made here in Greater Pawnee, Bucket of Cake is offered in several delicious flavors, including the Classic Tuxedo, Chocolate Cake with Vanilla Icing, the Jelly Donut, Vanilla cake filled with jelly, strawberry or grape only, please. Peanut butter dream, peanut butter cake topped with peanut butter cups. The SpongeBob, pineapple upside down cake with pink frosting at the bottom of the bucket. And my favorite, the Salisbury Hillock, meat cake with mashed potato frosting. Tell them Ron sent you and receive a complimentary pail of pudding with your order. Note, pail of pudding is currently only available in vanilla. Trust me, I've asked and I get the first 50 pails of butterscotch. Everyone else can suck it. Thank you. That is all.
All right, everybody. Well, we're back and we're going to walk through the episode now. And I think, Mark, if I'm not mistaken, a lot a lot happens here in this first big scene. We've got, I think, eight actual scenes that all happen at the playground. And we start basically with super, super energetic Keith Slertner um, addressing the crowd. That's right, Alan. Um, as you said, there's a lot that happens here at, at the outside playground build site. Um, we have, you know, several talking heads. We have several scene changes yep. just because they're at different parts of the build, but still kind of all in that one cohesive right. uh, location. So we start out by, as you said, a very energetic Keith. K-E-E-F. Um, he's, he, he's excited. He's he's gesturing. Um, you know, he's he's like a, an energetic motivational speaker. He's pumping up the crowd. He's giving them all <laughs> high fives. He's just he's a he's a whirlwind. I wonder and if he lives in a van down by the river. I you know, that's a great question. <laughs> I, I know we see him in a speedboat later, but I don't know if he has a van. Good point. But anyway. Uh, that that's for later so <laughs> keith is is you know said hey my, my name's keith i am your friend are you guys my friends yeah and you know the crowd is just into it like they're cheering him except except for ron ron, ron is not <laughs> ron is not impressed by keith <laughs> no, at all at all um i only say that because everybody else is so cheering and nuts and happy that his grumpy face stands out like a sore thumb Ron, Ron so, would never trust a guy with Keith, Keith's energy, right? I mean, just, no, it's no. not it's not Ron. No, no, not at all. Um, so you know, he he starts them out. He's like, okay, let's do this thing, you know. And and um, we see a, a Leslie talking head, yeah, just real quick. And this is where we had the, the what I called the goof, I guess, the continuity goof is where you know right. she's we're here in Eagleton. It's two towns over. Um, they're actually not, but um, <laughs> it, it's next door. But we we don't know that yet. Anyway, so she's like, you know, hey, we're all, and, and basically the entire Parks and Rec gang is here, um, <clears throat> minus April and Donna. We'll get to that later. Yep. But but they're all there doing the, the service organization kaboom that builds a playground a day. And um, she mentions, like, she's kind of suspect at first. She goes, I don't know. I don't trust anything that comes that quickly. This is one of your AKs. I don't, that's yep. why I don't eat minute rice. So, um, you know, she, she's walking with Keith and saying, this is amazing. Like this, is this just a slogan? He's like, nope. And he's like, that's incredible. And he's, and he goes kaboom crazy. He's like, not if you have the kaboom spirit, you could look at a problem and you could either go, oh, this is a problem or you can kaboom. <laughs> um, you literally kaboom the problem. So he starts, he, he's just a nonstop world when he's running around talking to everybody. Come on, people. I see more ground than playground. <laughs> and then you know, I, I love Ron. So Keith runs by Ron who has his arms up. He's working on a, a piece of playground equipment and Keith runs by and kind of pokes him in the ribs with both hands going kaboom. And Ron goes, please don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. He's not, he's not happy. <laughs> he's not um, so I noticed here during the, um, you know, this, they're kind of a, it's a walking and talking sequence with Keith and Ann and, and Leslie, right. um, Casey and the Sunshine Band celebrations playing in the background. Everybody's having a jazz in time. Cool in the gang. <sighs> okay. As a fellow old person. I I'm going to end the that. podcast now. Thank you everybody for joining <laughs> us today. I have to go and crawl in a ball of shame in the corner. Uh, that's all right. I mean, we sell that along with bucket of cake. I got confused because you're so much older than me, Mark. I didn't remember that. <laughs> wow. That's, that's almost believable. 
All right. So from there, I think uh, we see Andy on approach and he's walking. He's got this, this, you know what, eating grin on his face and he sees Anne and he sees Anne with Leslie and then he walks up. Right. It, it seems as though he he this wasn't planned on his part, like he was genuinely there for we'll find out. But, you know, he was to surprised to volunteer. See uh -huh, he's yeah. in air quotes volunteer but he walks over yes. and i think he was genuinely surprised to see him he's like hey what are you doing and and like oh i love to volunteer and and then there's a brief andy talking head where he's like look <laughs> the key to volunteering is a lot of pockets because you got to have some place to put all the food um red cross is amazing cookies uh, meals on wheels is a bonanza a suicide hotline surprisingly lame and then I love this. At the end of his his little talking head, he walks away from the camera and he's he's stuffing his pockets with donuts and just like everything he can grab on on the table. He walks away from the camera talking head. There's a grill that's actively grilling a hamburger patty. He grabs the patty. He grabs he not only grabs the patty right off the grill. But then he grabs a bun off a kid's plate. I know. <laughs> the kid's looking around like, what is happening here? Um, well, Mark, he's not funny. an animal. He can't yeah. eat that that hamburger without a hamburger bun. Come I on. know. We're not cavemen here. I get it. I get it. So um, That's right. So, you know, he, he's like, uh, yeah, Andy, Andy is now back to Andy and Ann and Leslie. He's like, I just want to get back to those less fortunate. And said, well, you... You, you live in a pit like how much less more than he's like no not anymore i live with my drummer that's right you know i don't um, want to brag but it's not hard to brag to. but it's, it's, it's pretty cool so anyway i gotta go me and an old asian lady are double teaming some monkey bars so you know <laughs> which another one of your aka's is so funny yeah oh, i don't think gosh. that we're ever going to see that combination of words happen ever again no and there, nor should it <laughs> no nor should it absolutely um I think, I think we have we're still at the playground. Then we move on and we're, we're uh, I think Keith is now coming up uh, to Leslie and Ann and saying, Hey, are you going to join us in Muncie? Well, yeah, yeah, there, uh, there's a, I think there's a, just a very brief Ron moment where he's trying to do some sort of socket thing. And, and he, and Ron is just not having it. it that's the only reason I mentioned this is oh, very, very, brief. I thought that was he's, a deleted scene, but you're right. You're exactly uh, uh, right. He, Keith and, and Ron. Like, he Keith is Iran is kneeling down and he's he's using a socket wrench on a piece of playground equipment and and Keith comes up and and he's holding I can't tell what Keith is holding in his hand but he's like hey look I got a remote control and I'm controlling you go faster go faster go faster Ron's the master and Ron just has the grumpiest <laughs> look he just looks right at, he is clearly not a fan of Keith's no so, anyway I just had to mention uh, that actually there's Ron. nothing. I know, I, I know you do, but there's nothing in Keith's hands. That's the best part. I was I that love right? It. Yeah, he's oh. totally pantomiming this fake, this fake remote just to, I don't know, engage Ron, I guess. But he's clearly only annoying Ron. <laughs> the, the other thing I loved about Ron too, just kind of looking at his stoic face there, he's got this terrific magnetic armband uh, that's yes. holding a pair of vice grips and uh, a couple Allen wrenches. I'm going to go out and buy one of those. I didn't know these things existed. Yeah, mine have Mark wrenches, but yeah, I have one of those too. See what I did there? Language is funny. I, I do. It is funny. So yeah, he he comes up to uh, Leslie and Ann and they just got done assembling, I think with the help of some other people, but they just got done assembling a swing set and they, they put it upright and put it in the yep. holes in the ground. And It's like an Amish barn raising. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so he comes over and says, whoa, look at you guys. That's great. And he hands him buttons and everything. And they said, well, you're going to join us tomorrow in Muncie. And Leslie said, no, I wish, you know, I got to go back to the real world. And he said, all right, well, at least you guys will be kabooming somewhere, right? Remember, take a man kabooming, he kabooms for a day. But you teach a man how to kaboom, 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 kaboom. kaboom. And then he walks away. And I mean, it's, 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 it's nonsense, but it's delightful nonsense. And, you know, he leaves with leaving Leslie and Ann happy and smiling. Like they're kind of energized. Yeah. This is the point where, where unfortunately we, in the deleted scenes, we, we miss him doing the worm as he exits the lot, which is again, you got to go see it if you got the DVDs. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really funny. I agree. Then I think we wrap up um, kind of day one here. We're in, in Leslie's car. You know, Leslie and Ann are both obviously pumped up after accomplishing so much in a single day. That's right. I, I think at this point, uh, Leslie probably drove and I believe she's driving Ann home, which uh, all the way from Eagleton. I don't know. Um, but, but so, you know, they're both like, oh my gosh, I'm so pumped. Stop it. Um, you know, they both are like, I could take on the world. I, you know, that's the end. And they're all excited and everything. And then Anne kind of goes, oh, you know, they, she arrives home and what's next to her home, the pit. And so she's like, Anne says there, there's something that I wish that I could kaboom. And I'm like, okay, see you tomorrow. And so, you know, and so Leslie is kind of lets out this long sigh mm. and is gazing at the pit. And you can tell the hamster wheels are turning in yeah, her head. The you gears know. are spinning. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Well, next scene, we're in, it's day two. We're, we're day two of four, if you look at the script. And we're in City Hall. Uh, we're in the conference room. And Leslie is standing up in front of a whiteboard, just about to, she's got something up her sleeve. You can see it coming. <laughs> that's right and she she's kind of got the gang uh minus april and donna um the, the, the gang there i guess they're but they're still vacationing with johnny uh, i guess that <laughs> that's that's true. Must, that must be what it is so yeah um anyway so she walks into a, a meeting room with the gang which consists uh, right now of ann and jerry and tom and mark so with leslie that makes five of them she walks in and she's pointing at a dry erase board or a whiteboard and she, and there's a bunch of stuff written on it. It kind of looks like something you would do. And, and she <laughs> says, and she says, you know what, this, this is, this is all the stuff we have to complete before we fill in the pit. Well, you know what this is? And she has a dry erase uh, eraser in her hand and she goes, this is a kaboomer. And there's supposed to be this really symbolic gesture, like where she takes it and she wipes the whiteboard clean and then she's wiping it and the darn thing won't come off. And, Leslie just turns to Jerry and says, Jerry, did you use permanent marker again? And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I just grabbed the wrong thing. And everyone starts to chatter and, and Leslie kind of pulls everyone back together, you know, uniting them and says, okay, forget it. Let's just all pretend Jerry wasn't born. And, and that this and, board is clean. And that this board is clean. Cause that's equivalent. Um, so how do we speed up the process? And then um, there's a very brief, Leslie talking head where yeah. she's like, you know, rules and codes and permits and red tape. I never realized how frustrating government is in my, in my next life. I'm going to go into <laughs> private industry, maybe strip mining. I don't know. I um, so then back at the meeting, Leslie's trying to get everyone in the kaboom uh, spirit oh, yeah. and trying to kind of pump <laughs> them up and, and it's just not a whole lot of success. I, I mean, it doesn't seem like they're catching on quite as much as she is. She's like, look, everybody, this, I love this little it was great. give and take though. She yeah. says, okay, everybody take out their thinking caps and rip them up and then yep. take out your doing caps because we're going to do something today. So, so far you think, okay, that's, that's yeah. kind of clever. I guess. Good metaphor. 
And Tom <laughs> Tom pipes up and says, I have a couple of doing caps in my wallet. That's what I call condoms. <laughs> and the can and Mark is sitting oh, next to Tom yeah. and the camera focuses on Mark for just a second. And he just grins. He I thinks that's that. really yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's tickled. And then Leslie, and now it just gets ridiculous. She's like, come on, Tom, we, we got to focus. How do we cut through the red tape and how do we get the pit filled in? Ideas? And Tom goes, well, we need to cut through the red tape and get the pit filled in. And she's like, yes, Tom, good, good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is this is, this is is ridiculous. Um, Tom has figured out this formula long ago, just to repeat back to Leslie exactly what she just said and look genius. I think you're exactly right. And yeah. then she's like, come on, she's everybody else. You got to participate. You know, these suggestions aren't going to happen unless you raise your hand. Jerry raises his hand and she says, <laughs> yes, Jerry. And she kind of leans in menacingly and stares at him. This idea better be good. And then Jerry kind of slowly lowers <laughs> his <damn> hand. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, Anne? And Anne just says, I support you. <laughs> And Anne is fearful at this point. She's not going to cross Leslie. No, not at all. And then Mark is actually the only one at this point who's trying to kind of say something that could be construed as something that's actionable. And she's well, and I like, think he's probably the only one who's ever actually gotten anything done in in small government. I mean, as little as the speed bump was, he got it done. Yeah. That's true. I mean, the for the hours that he's not in the boys club, I guess yeah. he does get some things done. Yeah. So Mark says, well, I don't know. You could petition to expedite the architectural review board process. And then Mark and Leslie was like, no, no, you're not listening to me. I want to kaboom it. You know, she's, right. she's like, really like, just I need an answer. And Mark's like, can I talk to you outside? And she's like, oh, sure. Hey, Mark's going to help me. So thanks for nothing, Jerry. <laughs> Good job, Ann. <laughs> Good job, Ian. <laughs> I love PBJ. Uh-huh. It, it is good stuff. Up. Yeah. Well, I think from there, then, uh, you know, Mark is going to give Leslie some words of wisdom, encouragement. We see this really cool spy shot of, of him and Leslie out in the courtyard, and uh, he's got some advice for her. It, and it's really pretty brief. I think it maybe is, you know, 40, 45 seconds or yeah. so. But he basically says, look, if you want to do this, ask for forgiveness and not permission you know if you do you are you willing to break the rules and she does say i won't murder <laughs> which okay you know, I, I love that well she's got a line right that she won't cross but but i love the, the like how she initiated this whole conversation mark i want to move fast like a cheetah or a slug <laughs> driving a remote control car or, or something more plausible right right but, but fast yeah fast yeah um yeah <laughs> um so then she said, oh, like, I like, so who, okay, I will. So who gives me the go ahead to not ask for permission? Is that right? Like, no, it's you. You have to be bold. And then he, finally, he just ends it. He says, okay, look, here's the deal. Do you want to get the pit filled in? Well, then go rent a bulldozer and fill yep. in the freaking pit. Yep. And that kind of resonates with her. She's like, oh my yeah. gosh, you know, you might be onto something. I don't think this would have occurred to her had Mark not just laid it out for her. Completely agree. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So from there, she's uh, we see Leslie back in her office, and she motions Anne, and uh, she she needs some some sage guidance here before she takes this big giant step forward. 
Right, right, right. And and this is very short as well. She's just like, look, say you had a friend who wanted to do something good, but a little risky, but she's kind of nervous about it. And let's say the friend is me. Um, <laughs> what should I do? And, you know, at this point in their relationship, I think Anne knows darn well how to cut through the Leslie subtext. So oh, yeah. she's yeah. like, uh, yeah, I think you should do it. And I think you should ask your friend to help you because your friend totally has your back. And that friend is me. Yep. <laughs> And so like, oh, you'll help me. Yay. And so they're both laughing everything. And then finally, Anne goes, well, wait, wait, what are we doing? Is it dangerous? And Leslie <laughs> says, well, we're not going to murder anyone. So yeah, you know, ni- nice callback. Once again, yeah, she's she has that line. She won't cross. And Anne looks relieved that they don't have to go straight up kill anybody. So <laughs> yeah, boundaries, boundaries are important. They are. But you know what I love here, and we've talked about this a little bit in this kind of emerging and growing Leslie and Anne friendship. I mean, Anne's got her back and she didn't even have to ask what it was before she committed to helping Leslie. So Anne's a cool person. I, I agree. I think that that was a very sweet moment and a very telling moment as far as where their friend or whether relationship is. Good point. Yep. All right. So later next scene, it's still day two, a little bit later, you know, they've had this conversation and Leslie and Anne are, are now at the pit. Right. And she starts off talking about how crazy it is. And she didn't even get a single permit. Right. She, she is, is a uh, giddy at how little she actually did. As a matter of yeah. fact, all she did was order a backhoe and Alan, it came with a guy who runs it and, and the camera kind of pans over to the backhoe and the guy versus and then back to Leslie. And she's like, I, I've, I've never rented a guy before. I wish I knew about this during prom. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then Anne has a, a rare LOL moment. Oh, I thought yeah. where Anne says, <laughs> Anne says, <laughs> she says, there is a girl at my prom who is known as the backhoe. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Dunbar. Mary Dunbar. She, yep. She'd let anyone <laughs> massage her back, which is much kinder than the where I thought it was going. But I wasn't sure where she was headed. Yeah. No. Yeah. I um, love I love this visual that happens next, and it's too bad we can't see this. But Leslie pulls out a couple of hard hats, and they, you know, she's got this great encouraging kick ass message across the two hats. One hat says kick, and the other says ass. Yes, and and seeing this. You know, we as the we as the viewing audience can tell what she was going for. Yeah. And and assesses the situation wisely yes. and reaches quickly for the helmet that says kick and yeah. says, I'll take that one <laughs> with yep. Leslie wearing the ass helmet. Um, yep. So uh, ass helmet was actually the, the name of my college band. Wow. Before we were mouse rat. <laughs> that you guys you guys had all sorts of names that we never knew about yep <laughs> so at, at this point she's like okay you know this is really important and, and, and it's very symbolic and and you know we're about to fill in the hole in the solemn memory of the friends who had fallen and the courage of a thousand lions and a bunch of leslie nonsense which is really funny but i won't go into it and then she's like okay dump it and points to the backhoe guy um and the backhoe dumps the <laughs> first scoop of dirt and dumps it in the pit and apparently dumps it right on uh, Andy's tent slash tarp with Andy still inside. And <laughs> he crawls out from under the tarp and they're just like mushroom clouds of dirt. And he's like, ah, what the beep? <laughs> he's stumbling around. And I think the first scoop of dirt, he was protected from it by the tarp. Yeah. And our tarp and- if you want to be official about it. Oh, uh, well, I do. So yes. I do. Yeah. 
Um, so, you know, they're alarmed, obviously. And he's like, Andy, Andy. He's like, no, 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 I'm okay. But backhoe guy doesn't seem to realize what's no. going on. So, so scoop of dirt number two oh. comes into the pit and just kabooms him. No pun intended. Wow, uh, no affiliation. Nice yeah. <laughs> and, and just falls right on it. So he's just knocked flat like a pancake. And like, oh my God. So that we kind of end that, which is funny, but a little alarming. It looked a little bit painful. And uh, <laughs> I love that, you know, frequently you'll see one of those great segue cuts where they go from one scene immediately to another. Uh, you know, some come to mind like in A Christmas Story um, where they're they're talking about one thing about, I think, turds or something. And then, you know, they cut to her cooking dinner and what's in the pot. You know, this right, is one right. of those moments, though, where we see this giant scoop of dirt get dumped on Andy's head. And then we cut to the hospital and we hear somebody's coding. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a loud, urgent beeping. Uh, for those of us in the know, that, that means someone's coding. That's a bad thing, I learned. And, um, you know, we we see Anne and another nurse just rush to uh, what we find out is Andy's bed, and Andy's disconnected his finger monitor. And he's, he, he's fine. For those viewers at home who were worried, he's fine. He's but fine. He's like, oops, that beeping sure was annoying, but this, and he, he motions to the finger monitor, this is even right. more annoying, and Anne's like... And says to the other nurse, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll take care of this. And like, look, this is Andy. This is not a toy. And he's like, what? and then in a very Zen moment for Andy, he says, well, you know, anything is a toy if you play with it. Is he wrong? I can't argue with that. No. It's hard to argue with that. Um, so Anne tells him, well, look, whatever, concussion boy, at least the good news is your cat scan's clear. So you're, you're okay. And um you can tell Anne's really relieved. You know, I, I think yeah. that she's glad she's out of a relationship with him, but she still obviously doesn't wish him ill. You right. know, and it's they've like, agreed Andy, not to murder, so they don't want anybody dead. <laughs> that's right. They, <laughs> they boundaries are good. Um, so, like, yeah, I'm really happy you're okay. You know, uh, we should have checked before to see if you were, you know, home. Right. And right. he he kind of gives a half-hearted, no, no, I moved out of the pit. I went back because I forgot my uh, headphones. And, you know, I saw a cereal box I hadn't read, and I guess I must have toasted off. <laughs> Whatever. It was a comfy tarp. Look, I'll be honest, Mark. I, in your setup for this episode, you clearly do not believe Andy's story. I think I did. I think, and I'm still not sure, frankly. I'm on the fence. Is it possible he literally is living with his drummer at this point? I, you know I just what? don't remember. You know what? That that's a great point, because the the other possibility is that he's really that much of an idiot. And I was like, he's not well, that much of an idiot. And then I went is. dot dot dot. Is he right? Um, you know what? I don't know. I think I had assumed he was making it up because he didn't want to be embarrassed. Well, you know what? I think we'll figure this out because obviously we know that the pit is going to become the lot by the end of this episode, which means that you know. He won't have a place to live if he really, truly was still living here and lying about that. So let's keep our eyes open. We'll see what happens next and we'll know the answer. But for me, I just took him at his at face value and assumed he was that big an idiot. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll private side bet. We'll see who's right. I honestly don't know. We'll find out. No. Yeah. yeah. But but I think it's important here, like you pointed out, that Anne is being very kind to Andy because of, of genuine concern. Right. But, you know, but very business like as well. She is a nurse and she's she's taking care of her patient. That's all that's going on here. Right. She's being very pleasant and she may even be a slight bit 
extra pleasant and attentive because she knows him and she's genuinely happy that something that quite frankly she was a little involved with didn't result in him being hurt yeah very natural Um, and then there's a really brief talking head from Andy before yeah. I, I think we end the hospital scene. And it's, it's so no nurses around. This is just Andy and the little talking head. He's in his hospital bed and he's kind of, he's kind of whispering to the camera Yeah, and he's really excited. He's, like, he's this excited. Is, this is awesome. It's Ann and Andy, just like old times. And then, you know, the pit works in mysterious ways. <laughs> another, another Zen moment for Andy. It was, Ugh. I'm looking for that t-shirt. I can't find it. The pit works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's next for our merch. There you, there you go. Um, I think from there we move on and we're going to cut to Leslie and Tom's office and, and we're going to, we got a little Leslie talking head here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she said, you know, I look, I'm sorry about Andy, but, uh, but I'm not sorry about what I did. So she's clearly kind of on the kaboom high slash yeah. believes in Mark's advice. Yeah. She's like, look, what's my crime? I got bold, a little negligent. <laughs> And at that point, we hear Ron bellowing, nope, my office now. Like, just, you know, you think, oh, that's that's not good. Now, to Leslie's. That was almost as good as Taliban robes. (laughs) Taliban robes. Yeah, yeah. it was the the same inflection, but for different reasons. Yeah. Um, Joy versus anger. Yes, that's right. But it's funny how all Ron's images kind of come across in the same way. It's hard to tell. That's weird. Um, so to Leslie's credit, she goes into Ron's office and she doesn't seem uh, fearful. Like she she just goes in and she's like all like chipper still. And she like picks up a football and throws it at Ron. It's like, hey, Ron, can I smoke in here? Like the, and Ron's like, you don't smoke. He's like, I'm just asking if I can. And he's like, are you high? And even now she's like, still, I'm high on kaboom. Don't ask for forgiveness. Don't ask for permission. Ask for forgiveness. Like she's still excited about this. And so Ron said, that's right. You never did ask me for permission, did you? Well, I'm sorry to (laughs) burst your kabubble, but I just had my ass handed to me by by the city manager. And now this entire department is screwed. And Leslie is kind of paused and she you can tell by the look on her face, she's kind of stunned and horrified. And then almost on the verge of crying, like, oh, Ron, I'm so, so, so sorry. And Ron just kind of looks at her and like that, then my AKA, what the kabeep were you thinking? I love that. Yeah. I love the talking head that follows this too with Ron, uh, explaining his, his ideology about uh, mentoring his employees. Oh yes, it's very brief. I agree. This yeah. is great. See, he's, this is this he's, has become a total meme, by the way. So it's totally worth the mention. Absolutely. So it's he's in the hallway, coffee cup in hand, and this is a talking head for Ron. And he said, "You know, I would prefer that she ask me for my permission, so that I can say no. I like saying no. <laughs> it lowers their enthusiasm, and I love." The very the visual at the very very end. This is very yeah. very subtle and very brief. So he's holding his coffee cup during all this. He's like, I like saying no. It lowers their enthusiasm, and he has his his natural and typical Ron uh, semi grumpy, semi stoic you know look on his face yeah. as he's saying all this. And as he's thinking about lowering people's enthusiasm, he raises the coffee cup to his lips, and we see a slight grin on his face as it's he nice. says this last part. It's like, oh, lowering enthusiasm—that is the <laughs> juice of life. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so hard to tell a Ron smile from a, a Ron grin, from a chagrin, from a grumple to, you know, he, he's, he, I have the, the Ron blanket that, you know, Ron annoyed, Ron sad, Ron yeah. happy. And they're all the same picture. All the same. Yep. Yeah. There's a reason for that. And you can see <laughs> it here, but there is a very slight grin there for sure. Yeah. From here, we're back in Andy's room at the hospital. I think a little bit of time has probably passed, and it looks like Anne has gone and gotten some of Andy's belongings. Yeah, I think she still had some of his stuff at her, at her house. I'm at her house, and, yeah. And, and yeah, the breakup's pretty recent. So Right, right. And so she she brought him a bag of some of his clothes that he left there, uh, including his sexy sweater, which has a hole cut out over the bicep. I guess that's <laughs> why it makes it, it uh, sexy. That's why it's sexy, yeah. And things start to turn very uh, uncomfortable here where, you know, and just thinks she's doing something nice. And yes, she's able to do something in a personal manner because they used to be together and he, she happened to have some of his clothes. But, you know, she's like, no problem. And he said, oh, no, a cake. Seriously, thank you. And like reaches out and starts to hold her hand. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. What do you what do you what do you think, do you is, think happening is happening right now? Yeah. And uh a tragic accident reignited feelings you thought were long dead and now we are finally back together she's like new no, um i'm with mark now and he well you says, know what she says i'm kind of with mark now oh 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 did you catch that no but you did and that's yeah. why i like that i let you do this with me um <laughs> thank you no no seriously that was a great catch uh because it's you go wow you don't seem like 100 yeah. percent on board yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so she said, yeah, I'm kind of still with Mark. Um, and then he said, oh, God, is that still happening? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then he opens the door. He says, I don't get it. What does he have that I don't have? Are you serious? He has like every a job, a car, a steady income, an address, a second pair of shoes, table manners, the ability to say <laughs> tampon without giggling. giggling. Which he, he giggles a little bit yeah. if you watch while she says that. You know, Mark has his life together. And then there's an awkward silence because she just kind of smashed him to the ground there. And then she's yeah. like, look, I'll, I'll get you a different nurse. And Anne leaves yeah. the room. And I think we end that scene with the camera shot of Andy. And he's he looks pretty miserable. He does. I mean, you can yeah. see that he was he was really taken aback by the fact that he had misread that situation. Again, yeah. this is why it's not that hard to believe that he actually was at the pit just picking up something. <sighs> And yeah. got interested in the cereal box and took a nap. I mean, because he doesn't read the room very well. I hate to admit it, but you have a point. Now I don't know. <laughs> right, right. So after this scene, I think we've got a Leslie talking head. Well, actually, I called this the walking and talking head because she's at the hospital and she's here to see Andy and she's walking down the hall and talking to us at the same time. Yeah, you know what? It really is. This has echoes of like a West Wing. Or, or something of that oh, ilk yeah. where it's like walking and talking. It, you it's, rarely it's, see this in a sitcom. Great point. Yes. yes. And it's, I thought it was very well done. So yeah. Leslie has uh, arrived at the hospital and she's on her way to see Andy. And we see her walking towards the documentary camera who is clearly staying ahead of her foot wise while she's walking. Yeah. And she's talking to the camera and she has a gift balloon and a pig. <laughs> And uh, uh, and I guess the message on the balloon is hope you squeal better, which that yeah. is awful. <laughs> I, I love it. I'm yeah. waiting for anyone, anyone I know to be sad or injured so that I can go buy this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
so Leslie, Leslie says to the camera, look, it's awful what happened to Andy, but sometimes when you make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. Like what's, what's the alternative? Right. No omelets at all. Who would want to live in that kind of world? Because, you know, breakfast food. And then she pauses and she thinks about it and goes, well, maybe birds, then all their babies would live. Like, oh, <laughs> see, I get dark. Yeah, this is the reason why people turn vegetarian and we don't need yeah. that. I think at this point, it's where we're about to meet Scott Braddock, city attorney. He's he's booking it down the hall, trying to catch up to Leslie. And uh, we're about to meet him for, I think, probably the first and last time in this episode. Um, no, we see him later in the episode, but I can't well, sure, recall if, if he shows up later in the series. Or he's, not. he's a once and done. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he he catches up with her like, hey, uh, I miss Nope. Uh, I see. I can't do it without thinking of Archer now because this is a John Benjamin. <laughs> it's like, you know, Miss Nope. Hi, Scott Braddock, city attorney. And it's like, oh, hi, Scott. I didn't know you were friends with Andy. Like, no, no, no. I never met him. But he's the most dangerous man in Pawnee because he could sue us <laughs> at the drop of a, of a hat. Like, is that all you think about lawsuits and legalese? You're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, look. And then he's, he didn't he say said, duh, but he should have. Like, yeah, he really should have. Um, and she says, look, you can relax. All I'm going to do is I'm going to go in and I'm going to say, sorry, it's not entirely our fault. And like, he's <laughs> jumping in now every single time. No, 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 no. You can't say any of that. It admits a liability. You can't say I'm sorry or I apologize. It implies guilt. Like, well, that's insane. I have to apologize. He, he was the victim. Can't say victim of an extremely unfortunate situation. You can't say unfortunate and you can't say situation. And she pauses and she says, I can't say the word situation. It's like, no, it implies there was a situation. <laughs> and now they're walking. And now it's just kind of this awkward pause because Leslie doesn't know what to make of this. And so finally, Leslie says to him, they're still walking. She says, well, can I give him the pig? Scott looks down at the pig. <laughs> giant pause. Yeah, pig's fine. Pig's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that this is one continuous camera shot if I'm not mistaken, like starting from when Leslie was walking TV, even when they get to Andy's room. I mean, the motion is implied. Yes. Did they execute it that way? Technically? I, I don't think so because there are edits, there are cuts. It's not like, you know, I don't, we're not in good fellas here with the long single camera shot. Um, you know, they could have done that and that would be interesting. And I, I think that they've got the creative spirit to do that, but they didn't do it here. It feels that way, though, as well I guess, executed. I guess you're right. Yeah, it did kind of feel that way. But yeah, I guess you're yeah. right now that I think about it. Anyway, yeah. they, they reach Andy's room and Leslie says, you know, hi, I got this for you. I hope you squeal better. And so Andy and Leslie start to play with the pig. And I, I have to make a mention of this. I don't know if it's just me. You know, I'm a, I'm a city boy, Alan, so I don't yeah. know how, how them, their <laughs> pigs really sound. But when they're playing with the pig, I guess you press a button on the pig and it like makes it yeah. Piggy, piggy, piggy uh, is a squeal. Sure, mm -hmm. why not? I swear to God, it sounds like it's purring. <laughs> like if you, I could be wrong. You go back, you listen to it. I think it's purring. Like, right. like, like the Pawnee help, the, the gift shop people were like, we can't find the pig squeal uh, MP3. So let's just put a sound <laughs> of a cat purring I in there. I recorded my cat Herman last night and let's put that there instead. I mean, it kind of works. It's kind of soothing. Uh -huh. So, no, anyway, so that's a completely aside. Uh, we'll check that out at the break. <laughs> I'll have Constantine jump on that. That's um, right. So 
Scott clears his throat <clears throat> and like, oh, hi, this is my friend. This is my friend Scott, you know, and he's kind of distancing himself. Hi, Scott. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love Scott. The look on his face. Scott is here. He's here to make sure that Leslie says and does nothing that will allow the city to ultimately be sued. Right. I mean, that's what his job is. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's taking it seriously. And, and Leslie starts out. She's like, Andy, I just wanted to say I am so, so, so. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Uh, so uh, filled with emotions as any person would. As it's anyone kind of, would be. Yeah. It's gotten to the point where as Leslie's forming the word, she's kind of looking over her shoulder at Scott. To like To like you see yeah. his head kind of nodding like, OK, this part's fine. Um, and. Yeah, and, and I was filled with emotion as any person would be. And then for a moment, Leslie has her back to Scott and she starts to like mime crying, like Tears, putting her yeah. finger down her cheek, like to like being sad to Andy. And Andy's not understanding what she's doing. Right. He's like, what? Scott instantly knows what she's doing and goes, yeah. no miming. No miming. That was up for consideration for an AK as well, but it, it, was, it was too too small a thing. Yeah, but funny. But funny. Um, so now, now it's just very, very, uh, you know, uh, antiseptic. Like, uh, you were in the pit. Uh, no, we're not conceding that point. Okay, you <laughs> were in a place. We're both here now. Yeah. <laughs> the government. No, 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 no. And nope. then I, I think that's when uh, Scott Braddock looks behind him and he sees another lawyer about to enter the room. And he's like, we, we got to go. Yep. And he... he he recognizes to, him yeah oh yeah yeah and he starts to escort leslie out but didn't do it in time so a guy his name's wendell adams and he comes in and introduces himself uh and so oh, i'm andrew's attorney oh and leslie turns to andy yeah. no you're you're suing your hometown yeah she can't and, believe and, it yeah and, and andy's like it's my only option and wendell of course is playing scott's role he's like no andy stop i've advised my client not to speak you know and um and then like Leslie's trying desperately. She's like, can't we just talk about this? And Scott, Leslie, no. And they're like, okay. And then they start to walk out. And as, as Leslie's talking to Scott, so no one else is around, she's like, this is terrible. Don't say terrible. <laughs> Leslie looks back at the room. Don't look back. <laughs> um, and then the, again, we have the, the, the second camera shot uh, ending the scene of Andy in his bed. And he's playing with the purring, pig uh that leslie gave him and he's he's looking miserable he's yeah. not happy about this no i think he's he's having that kind of oh my gosh what have i done moment right so right. yeah he's he's gonna chew on this just like he's chewing on the fact that uh he totally misread and uh you know um concern for affection right right exactly all right. Well, Mark, I think this is a really good place for us to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll finish covering the rest of the breakdown and we'll give our scores. Sound good? All right. Sounds good. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. I am talking to you today because I was asked by my boss, city manager, Paul Iresco, to do so. And because I do not want others to make the same mistake that I did. Apparently, despite being the director of the Parks and Recreation Department in this city, you cannot slaughter a pig for a barbecue in a public park. Apparently, some folk and small children object to killing a pig, hanging it upside down from a tree and cutting its th and preparing it 
to be cooked. Oh, sure, they love the bacon, but they do not want to see how it is made. Anyway, all of this hullabaloo occurred even though I possessed a permit I have carried in my wallet for years, which says, quite simply, I can do what I want, Ron. So I ask you to remember what I now have had to acknowledge on the formal letter placed in my personnel file. Permits can only be issued by the city clerk's office located on the fourth floor of the city government building during weekday business hours. Ask for Ms. Beavers, please, and thank you. That is all. All right, everybody. Well, we're back from break. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We appreciate you listening. And uh, while we were at break there, I had Constantine pull the pig noise. <laughs> and I got to agree with Mark. It's it's not quite the most obvious pig noise I've ever heard. Uh, again, you know, I don't own pigs. I, I am from Indiana. Uh, and everyone thinks we have pigs and livestock, but uh, all of us. But no, I, I'm, I'm no city boy like Mark. And uh, that that might as well have been a cat. Look, all I know is that I had the plastic thing when I was a kid that you yeah. pull the cord and it spins and it <laughs> says the cow goes moo. Yeah. The the cat goes or whatever yeah. it does. Uh, and the, yeah, sure. the pig goes oing, going, going. So mm -hmm. it, it was more of a than the oing, going, going. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. A squeal would have been appropriate, maybe, you know, something like that. You know, Jeez, that was pretty good. Thank you. I can also do a horse. <laughs> the hell? Yeah, I don't know. So, people, you're, look, you I grew up talents. in the city, so I had to pretend there were animals around me. I just pretended I had friends. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going for you? It's all right. <laughs> Constantine likes me. <laughs> well, we pay him to like you. I know. All right. <laughs> Where we leave off. We left off and I believe, you know, we, we've left the hospital. We're back at the, uh, the office, Tom and Leslie. And uh, Leslie is just desperately trying to get a hold of Andy. And this scene just mm. tickled me so much. I thought this would be another candidate for us to play for everybody, Mark. Absolutely. Please do. All right, let's do it. Hello. Andy, it's Leslie. Hello. Hello, Andy, it's Leslie. Psych. They messed up to me. Classic. Yep. Look, what did you mean when you said it's your only option? I think we should talk without lawyers present. If you want to meet, just put a white chalk X on the mailbox across the street from City Hall. <laughs> or call me back. Just call me back. Andy, why aren't you returning my calls? Is it because you're a lawyer? It's because you're a lawyer. Hey, Andy, it's your aunt, your mom or dad's sister. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, but your <laughs> uncle has passed. He's with Jesus now. <laughs> so we're having a memorial in 30 minutes at City Hall. <laughs> hey, free guitars at City Hall, everybody run! Because of a local disaster, you, Andy Dwyer, must <laughs> go to the evacuation center at Pawnee City Hall. Hmm. That was weird. How long have you been there? <laughs> uh, that's great. That's a great sequence. Um, very creative and very funny. I, I like computer Leslie the best. Yes. 
I like how she pauses to insert the computer insertion, right? Oh, yeah, because the rest of it clearly is generic because of a yeah. local disaster. You, Andy, Andy Dwyer. Dwyer. <laughs> yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah. So she's desperately so, trying to get hold of him and it ain't working. Yeah, no, she wants to talk. She wants to see if they can reach. She she needs to understand why Andy has done this. You know, it's it's a she's looking at this as a betrayal. Well, and you know what? More than that, we we I think we learn in the very next very very brief scene that um, Leslie doesn't think that Andy is just suing for the money. Like she kind of still believes in mm -hmm. him, kind of like <laughs> that he isn't just materialistic. Yeah. You know, so. No, and she may be on to something. So in this next scene, we're, we're basically exterior. We're at the Eagleton uh, playground lot where we've been building the playground again. And uh, Leslie and Ann are talking about, you know, why is Andy suing the city? Right, right. It's just a very quick scene. But, you know, she, she's telling Anna, I don't think it's about the money. And Anne's like, look, the man lived in a pit. He, he couldn't find a place on the Earth's surface, so he went underground. He's, you were dealing with a man who thinks like a gopher. And she's like, look. Well, Anne is pissed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she is. She's angry about this. Yeah. And she's, and Leslie is sticking to her guns. She's like, look, I just feel like if I could get past the lawyers and find out what's really going on, I just, I think I could get him to drop the lawsuit. So Anne's like, okay, let's, let's do this. So she reaches into her pocket and she gets her cell phone, dials Andy's number, knowing that Andy's going to take her call. And right. And, and Andy's like, Oh, Ann, is that you? And she's like, yeah, we need to talk somewhere private, which I think means, I think she said, come over to my house is essentially what that means. Well, and she's, she's pretty serious about this. She's like, Hey, we, we, we need to talk. And uh, you know, and, and it was funny how quickly Andy picked up her call uh, when Leslie has obviously been so desperately trying to reach her, but uh, half a ring from Ann and boom, we got a conversation. Right. He ignored he ignored his mom or dad's uh, sister um, uh, calling. Uh, he ignored free guitars. But but Anne, he'll pick up for. Yep. And speaking of Anne, we're at her house next and yep. uh, there's a knock at the door and we, we know it's going to be Andy. So Leslie, uh, you know, she just has Leslie open the door because Anne's pretty much done. She wants this meeting to happen. Oh, yeah. Anne is sitting on a couch reading a magazine. So she is like this is Leslie's dance as far as she's concerned. Like you said, we hear a knock on the door and you hear through the door before Leslie opens it, you hear through the door, baby, I'm back. And Leslie <laughs> opens the door to a quite naked Andy. And she starts out, thank you. So ah! Oh, she's, she's, she's horrified and stunned and, and it's like, why are you naked? And like, well, because of what you said, you know, we're getting back together. And, and at this point, Andy kind of flounces over to Anne with her with some strategically placed flowers. Um, and like, no. and a, a little pixelization. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. And like, we're not getting back together. And Andy's like, well, yeah, we are. And and then I think he says to Leslie, like, you should have heard the super sexy stuff she was saying to me. And Anne's like, I said, <laughs> I said, hey, Andy, it's Anne. Can we talk at my house? And he's like, no, that's not how you said it. You were like, hey, Andy, it's Anne. Can you talk at my house? Good Lord. And she says, you need to put some clothes on. And then she <laughs> says to uh, 
Les, Anne says to Leslie, you know what? This is my fault. I should have seen this coming. And like well, he, yeah. Leslie says that she is, he's shown up naked before. Oh yeah. Anniversaries, birthdays, holidays, holidays. And, and at, at this point, <laughs> yeah, the painful Thanksgiving is never the same. Um, no, at, at this point, Anne just walks past Leslie to the front door and says, good luck. And Leslie's like, no, yeah. where, wait, where are you going? And she just, she's had it. She's gone. I, I loved in there that she called him a big baby, a big naked baby. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's exactly what he looks like. He clearly has his pre-Star Lord body happening here. And uh, uh, it's not a flattering look. I guess not. That's what I aspire to is a pre-Star Lord body. <laughs> if we could all just be Chris Pratt before, while he was Andy Dwyer. Just get right. to that level. Or even like a yeah. Groot body. I would take that. But anyway, so... You know, Andy comes back and he's he's trying to find some of some clothes, but he's a lot larger than Ann is. And so she's like, well, none of your clothes fit me. So I am putting on an apron over the front stuff. It's like an apron and a sweater, a cardigan. <laughs> it's a good look. <laughs> so at this point, Leslie gets an opportunity to talk with Andy. And, and I, I think yes. a small time later, this is maybe like a couple minutes or something. At this point, they're sitting down, I think, on couches um, yeah, Ian is gone, and and, and he, gone. he's he, yeah, and Andy quickly realizes that he he's blown it. Ian is out of here, and you know he he and and Leslie are going to have this conversation now, finally, so she can finally right. talk to him about you know why is he doing this? Exactly, and that that's what she said. She opens up and she's like, "Well, what did you mean when you said that this was your only option?" Because that's one of the things he said at the hospital when she visited him, and he said, "Look, I'm completely broke." My lawyer said it could be worth upwards of $100,000. And she said, no, I just can't believe that you're suing for the money. And he's like, well, look, I, I want Anne back. And she says she needs a guy with a lot of money. Yeah. And Leslie says, that doesn't sound like Anne. And he's like, well, I can't really do her voice. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I know. But she said she likes she said she likes Mark because he's a grown up with a bank account. And I put yeah. two and two together, two together and yeah. with a hundred thousand dollars, I could probably get a bank account. Yeah. Just so barely. He's, he's probably right. Um, and then he, she's still trying to talk him down a little bit. You know, like I, I look, sometimes I think the right thing to do is not to take shortcuts. I tried right. when I filled in the pit, look what happened. Yep. And he, he, he for a second, he like, thinks about it and he's like stoic and he's like fine i'll get a job you know and will respect that i can make six bucks a day playing guitar in the street and he pauses and then he shakes his head dejected yeah. i can't i can't no. make six bucks a day not a whole six dollars <laughs> and leslie uh, has a little bit of a, of a of a brainchild you see the light bulb come on and she yeah. says wait a second i i know i just said shortcuts are bad but i just thought of something that could be an awesome shortcut and then it ends that scene, I think. It does. Yep. And then it's day three. Um, I think it's <clears throat> literally the next day. We're in the parks department. We're in the conference room. And Anne is here with, with Scott, the lawyer, and uh, sitting across the table from Andy. That's right. Leslie and attorney Scott Braddock. Um, and and he starts out uh, saying, you know, well, Mr. Dwyer, I'm, we're very happy that you're dropping the suit. And Leslie's like, oh, yeah, it's terrific. And Andy says, I have my conditions. And Leslie, almost a little bit too quick, says, no, never. I will not negotiate with greedy street people. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, 
which, you know, look at him and he's got a flannel on. And did you see he's got his own uh, his neck pillow that he is duct taped around his neck to make it look like some sort of, uh, you know, medical device? Which, you know what? That's a callback to what Leslie did. It is. I totally mm-hmm. forgot that. You're right. Yep. When I love she that. fell in the pit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's terrific. <laughs> exactly. It may be the same neck pillow. We'll have to look that up. It may Constantine, be her. I- look that up. It may, it may be her idea, actually. Uh, like oh, she may have point. said, look, look, Andy, this is what you do when you break your clavicle. So <laughs> I'm going to put this on you because I know how this works. That's right. Oh, man. It wasn't broken. Um, so Scott's like, no, 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 wait, Leslie, Leslie, let's let's hear him out. Yeah. And then just a very, very, just a few seconds talking head. We see Leslie and Andy are in the hallway and they're like to say to the camera, just those two. And yep. and they and Leslie says, we plan this. And Andy kind of mimics a shotgun loading and then firing. Yeah. Kaboom. And the scripted version of that was kaboom, mother beep. Oh, geez. Yeah. That would have been funny. It would have. I don't know why they didn't keep that. So Scott says, all right, all right, all right. What's it going to take? Like, number one, I want that pit filled in, sir. And then there's kind of a long pause, long nothing pause. but silence. And then Scott finally says, is is there a two? <laughs> and he says a guaranteed starting spot on the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. Inside linebacker. Yeah. He and, wants Reggie Wayne's spot at this point. And and uh, I don't know what that is. And then and then Leslie kind of grimaces at him in confusion at this point. So you can tell, like, okay, he's going rogue. <laughs> and Scott says, Well, we can't accomplish that. And Leslie's like, I think that Andy seems like maybe he doesn't care so much about the second one. Right. And he would be fine with us just filling in the pit. What thank God say? she's here to interpret. I know, right? <laughs> And so like, okay, what if we just fill in the pit? What do you say, Scott? And he's like, yeah, I mean, uh, eventually we're going to fill in the pit. Andy said, eventually I've already been injured in that thing twice. And I can, this is brilliant, by the way, I think Andy, you know, I didn't, I kind of was shocked that he did as well on his own here. And Leslie didn't have to coach him through this too. He did good. Yeah. You know what? That's a great point because as, as, as put together as their plan was, they clearly didn't talk about every contingency ergo his starting spot on the Indianapolis Colts. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I thought this was smart on Andy's part. He said, eventually I've already been injured twice. I can fall in 10 more times by eventually. And every time (laughs) I I walk past that pit, I'm forced to relive the most traumatic two separate days of my life. And I want to sue you again. (laughs) Yep. It's brilliant. And there's a long pause and Leslie's like, well, I, 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 I hate to say it, Scott, but he's got us. It really seems like he has us over a barrel and Scott's like, yeah. Yep. So we cut to day four and we're at Ann's house in the exterior and we're watching the pit actually about to be filled in. That's right. Uh, Ann and Leslie are watching everything going on. There's a lot of activity around the pit. There are several vehicles working feverishly to fill yep. it all in. And Anne is just wide-eyed and astounded. And she's like, I, this is really happening. Like, I, I can't, I just can't believe it. And Finally. Leslie, and Leslie pinches Anne. And she's Ow. <laughs> like, oh, that. oh, sorry. Usually in these situations, the person says, pinch me. Um, right. And, Anne, as, as they're watching stuff, Anne looks out over the, what's left of the pit anyway, and uh, sees Andy sitting in the middle of the workers. He's wearing a hard hat. Yeah. And, and she says, is that Andy? 
And Leslie's like, yeah, it's just one of the conditions for a settlement, I guess. And she's like, oh my gosh, like she can't believe it. He settled. And he's like, yep. yeah, he gave up a hundred thousand dollars, you know, probably just for, just for one thing that the city fill in the pit. And Anne says, why? And she's like, I, who knows, who knows why that gopher does what he does. <laughs> I love the callback there. Yep. Yeah. And Andy's like, you always hated this pit. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Leslie kind of symbolically says, uh, goodbye, Pitt. Hello, Hello lot. lot. Yep. Yep. We're going to usher in the the new era of the lot. And uh, I like that. I like the closing of this, too, you know, with uh, the little wave from Anne to Andy. She clearly is impressed with the fact that he's done this kind of selfless thing and um, done it for her, probably. I think she's realizing that. And to me, this is why the the dialogue about, with her and Andy in the hospital where she says kind of still with Mark mm-hmm. is interesting. Right. Cause I think yeah. it makes you as the, the, the viewer, the audience kind of wonder, you know, is there a second, is there another chance here for these two? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And also I think, you know, in, in the, in the timeline of the parks and rec universe, they've been going out not forever, but a while. And I think that this kind of helps yeah. us to take a take a pulse on what Anne feels about her yeah. relationship with Mark. I mean, she definitely kind of considers that she's with him, but it's not like, no, right. we're we're an item, we're a thing. Like, nope, it's not it's not that yet. Well, um, I mean, at this point, they've probably been together weeks where she she and Andy were together for a couple of years, they've established. So it wouldn't be that crazy if they did ultimately get back together. But we we know, obviously, we've seen the series, we know what's going to happen. So, but if you're watching this for the first time, I think you're probably giving that some serious consideration. Sure, absolutely. I, I think yeah. that the... I think the, after this... Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I think that they're the the final pre kicker um, scene is a very yeah. brief talking head uh, with, with oh, Leslie, yeah. and she's she's yep. sitting she's sitting behind her desk in her office, and she says, you know, how does make how does taking risks make me feel? Amazing! It's a tingling <laughs> sensation through my whole body. I feel flushed. My muscles are relaxed. Yet I feel awake. Just waves of pleasure. I wish there was something physical that could make me feel this way. (laughs) Okay. It's this, this borders on cringe, but I I still thought it was funny. (laughs) It does. Yeah. And then here for the kicker, we got this long, this long camera shot of this beautifully filled in pit that is now a dirt lot. And uh, Ann and Ann and Leslie are having a, a real quick conversation. Yeah, they're they're outside together, uh, coffee in hand, uh, standing together, just gazing over on the now newly filled in pit, now a lot, and just kind of taking it all in. And, and, and it's like, wow, you did it. Um, and and Leslie says, you know what? They, they, they agree. Like Anne says, there's so much more to do. Leslie says, we're so close. So there's they may have a little bit of differing opinions as how much to do, but they both realize yep. there's more to do. And so Leslie says, well, you know what? I'm yep. going to call uh, Kaboom. I'm going to call Kaboom and I'm going to check on their avail- availability yeah. for next year. Says, okay, that, that that's makes right. Sense. And Anne says, yeah, yeah, great. Now we can and build a let- playground on this lot. That's right. That's right. In one day, no less. And Leslie dials information on her cell phone and you hear the phone operation information like, okay, hi. Yeah. I'd like the number for Kaboom, the national playground building charity. 
and says aside to Anna, go, I hope they can work us in. (laughs) Phone operator says, I'm sorry, there's no listing for that name. And Leslie's like really taken aback. What are you sure? And then a a final uh, cut to it's a speedboat going (laughs) across some vast body of water. I don't know Mm -hmm. what it is, but the camera is on the driver, Keith. Of the speedboat, the camera is is facing towards him as the driver from the front of the boat, looking back at him. Yeah, and he's going like a bazillion miles per hour, and waves are just going on either side. Nice sunny, beautiful day, and beautiful boat. Yeah, Keith kind of has to shout over the boat, but he's like, you know, kaboom is just a word I made up. It's not in any dictionary. I I trick people into building playgrounds and empty lots in their neighborhoods. It's an elaborate prank. (laughs) <laughs> for my next prank i'm gonna build a hospital in a poor part of china they'll never see it, coming. see it coming and he zooms <laughs> off into the middle distance with his boat and like that's it Weirdo. i love it <laughs> a, a eccentric millionaire keith apparently yeah i love it yeah i love it you know you mentioned there the the uh, leslie calling information and it just occurred to me the kids you know watching our podcast here mark they, they probably didn't know that's a thing that <laughs> I think you know? you're right. Yeah. Well, yeah. that and Blockbuster Online were the two things I thought, you know, we might have to <laughs> explain to them. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, back when Netflix actually shipped discs instead of, uh, you know, streamed everything. But Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're right. What anachronisms those are for those uh, those podcast viewers watching this in this day and age. I agree. You got to love it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. I think all that's left to do is score this sucker. Mark, what do you think? There are a few things that I wanted to just kind of point out just in terms of um, just looking at this episode overall. Yeah. And I, I just, I just, let's see if you agree with some of this. Well, first of all, sure. I know I've kind of taken little jabs at a couple of times during this, this podcast that, you know, uh, April and Donna are not present now, as far as plot devices, they, they are vacationing with Johnny. I mean, so that kind of makes sense, but um I did note that this is the only episode in the entire Parks and Rec series in which Aubrey Plaza does not appear as April Ludgate, which I thought was kind of interesting. You know, Ron had one of those and now April has one of those. And then they're like, no, 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 we can't do it without you guys come back. So I like that. That's true. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, just, I don't know, fun facts exactly, but um, the, the, the scene where Andy shows up at Ann's house naked, um, Parks and Recreation co-creator Michael Schur said that the scene was written explicitly because Chris Pratt, quote, loves taking his clothes off, (laughs) end quote. So, wow, he's got a legacy. I I haven't been counting, and perhaps we should now start counting these, but it is clearly not the first time we've seen Naked Andy. I mean, I remember the pool sequence. Uh, where he's running down the street, <laughs> chasing After Lawrence. Neighbor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, on on his crutches, and he we clearly get the pixelated junk as he's uh, chasing Lawrence down the street. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not the first time for sure, and it's probably not going to be the last, if I recall. You know what? I think you're right. It's not like that's something that happens every other episode, but I think it happens often enough that it's yeah. worth keeping track of. That's we'll a have great to start clocking that one. All right. Yep. Yep. Well, um, what else is going to influence your score here today, Mark? Well. I, you know, I just wanted to take, I started to go into like what character arcs development building, blah, blah, blah. And I'll keep this yeah. very brief, but you know, so I started to go down their very deep bench 
you know, and I started to list down all the names and I says to myself, I says, well, what, what happened with them this, uh, you know, this episode and a huge amount of them. I was like, nothing, 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 nothing. So uh, let, let me start at the top. Yeah. Leslie obviously had a lot of screen time. Uh, Amy Poehler did a really good job. So I give, I give her props for everything she did. She was, she had some very, very funny moments. Uh, she's excellent as always. I, I feel like it, 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 it suffered maybe a little bit by not leaning on the comedic bench as much as they have in the past. Yeah. Yeah. We've um, talked about that. Yeah. But I thought she did a good job for what it's worth, for what she had. I mean, she, if anybody can carry the show by themselves, Leslie and Amy Poehler certainly can. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think that Andy, Chris Pratt, also did a great job. Uh, it, it seemed to me like he kind of, you know, I, I think Andy's a jerk. And yet I kind of feel like I have a soft spot for him. Like, I feel like in this episode, for example, he walked a line between oblivious, selfish, kind of sweet. Like he, he's kind yeah. of like right in there. <clears throat> and I like, like, if someone asked me, what'd you think of Andy? And I'm like, I don't know. He was mercurial. He was all over the place. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of like that. Like, cause then you go, yeah. well, what's, so what's up with you? Like what you, that makes you kind of an interesting character. I mean, at least if it has some reason to it. Um, and I thought it did. So he's fine. Well, and, and it could be because he is kind of in this growth stage or pre-growth or, you know, he's, he's kind of working his way out of the man child mode. He's mostly been into this date and yeah. yet it's still there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree with everything. I think those are great points. He's he's fine. He has to be out of the pit by now, because yeah. it's not there anymore. So it makes you wonder what's next for him. Yeah, we're gonna find out for sure. So let Leslie and Andy had a lot of decent screen time, and kind of did. Um, I, I think uh, Rashida Jones did an excellent job as always. I think you know her main role here was a straight woman to Leslie. She had decent screen time. She did a fine job helping the plot to move along. Yeah. Um, now for the rest. You know, Jerry and Ron and Tom and Mark had very small amounts. And when they were on screen, I thought that they were funny. I thought that yeah. they made good use of the time that they were given. But I thought, wow, you know, Jerry had about as much screen time as Ron, Tom or Mark. And that wasn't very much. So it's like they didn't really use them very much, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, Mark wasn't so much funny as good for moving the plot along, which is a straight man's job. He did a great job there. Um April and Donna still vacationing with Johnny. They're absent. Um, so really the only three that had decent screen time were Leslie, Andy, and Anne. And with Anne as a straight woman, it really Leslie and Andy kind of carried the show. I thought. Well, as much as this is definitely an ensemble, I mm -hmm. feel like if you zoom up to 30,000 feet and look at the whole body of what's been recorded and made it to the screen, especially you're probably going to see that, that there's three, maybe four, I bet Ron would, you know, certainly calculate bigger than he did in this episode overall, but it, it probably is not, it's certainly not equal shares, right? As much as they lean into the bench more in other episodes, and we've already had one of those great bench episodes that we've covered, and there are several more, many more, um, this isn't one. And it's, you know, I, I don't know if it suffered for that necessarily, but it's something to consider for sure. I think I would agree with that. I, I, you know, one thing that I'll say about this uh, episode was, you know, I, I know I've mentioned a lot in the past how I tend to use two yardsticks 
anymore for measuring because they've gotten sophisticated enough with their writing and their universe is deep enough that they can actually do some interesting plot and story related things. Right. Um, so it's not just all about the, the funny, you know, that's true. Um, I thought that this, this show, this episode had some decent funny moments for sure. I thought it had a great story. Like I was, I was, I think that I was interested in seeing where this was going from the point of view of where is this going? Like, where's, what are they doing with this? You know what I mean? Where's the plot going? And I thought it's really encouraging though. And not every episode makes you think that or wonder that, right? You just are kind of along for the ride and you laugh at the jokes and the episode's over. But, you know, I think Parks and Rec often makes you think a little bit, which is a kind of cool thing about this show. I would agree with that. Um, So having said all that, uh, you want me just to launch into my score? Yeah. What do you got? And remind us, just baseline us, where were you last week? Last week, uh, I had my all-time high. And this was uh, for, if I remember, this was for, uh, last week was Sister City. For Sister City, uh, I scored it 7.5 Little Sebastians. That was my high score to date. To date, right, yeah. And it was also the very first time that I ever scored an episode higher than you did. That's correct, because I gave it seven, if I recall. Right. Yep. Still excellent, excellent episode. Yeah. Yeah, Um, So that's kind of where I am there. So I looked at this one, and so first of all, I have to also say I love the guest spots. I thought that yeah. Paul Shear and H. John Benjamin had uh, had uh, great roles for for what it was in their in their limited capacity. It was very very funny. Um, so here's the way I look at it. I'm going to give this a four for a base score. I'm going to give it uh, a bonus point for our excellent uh, guest stars Paul Shear and H. John Benjamin. I love both of them. I thought they both did a great job. I'm going to give a bonus point for. Uh, what I thought was a great story and a, and a nice ending to the pit plot line. Yeah. Although not the park plot line, Correct. but I, I feel like, I feel like the, the, the pit had kind of overstayed its welcome a little bit. And I thought yeah. this was a good, good move. I think that's great. A good point. And I, I felt like I was almost there at the end of season one. So I'm glad we didn't get too far into this season before, you know, the, we, we moved beyond the pit. I completely agree. Yep. Um, I'm also going to give a nod of the head with another bonus point to great performances by Amy Poehler and Chris Pratt. Okay. Um, because I do feel like they kind of carry this episode. Um, I'm going to take away half a point because not only were April and Donna missing, but I really feel like the rest of the comedic bench was quite light. Yeah. And you did not and, get enough raw time clearly. Well, you know, I, it's, I, yes, that's true. Of course. I never get enough run time. I have such a man crush, but it's not just that I I agree with you. Not every episode has to be like a complete wacky ensemble with everybody getting a lot of great lines. It doesn't have to be like that. True. I'm going to speculate that in the future, when I'm scoring the ones that are approaching the majestic 10 (laughs) of a score, I think that it's going to be that sort of a thing that boosts it up that extra little oomph mm. into that plateau. Um, yep. So, but it, does that mean it's a bad show if it doesn't do that? Not at all. Okay. So, so you add up all, I, I have so many numbers. Um, <laughs> so four plus one. Plus I lost four, my abacus. Four, what you, you're going to have to do this. Uh, let's see. Uh, draw the graph, a calculus, uh, 
the, the right angle, uh, acute. Uh, uh, so this comes up to a final score for me of 6.5 Little Sebastians. I, I feel like this is a respectable score and I feel like it's definitely a high enough score to uh, entertain the idea that season two is consistently a really, really good season. I enjoyed the episode. Okay. I, I don't, can't disagree with any of that. I, I feel like season two, kind of looking at the, the again, at that 30,000 foot view of what we've seen so far and what we're going to see and knowing that in advance, obviously not watching these, you know, live for the first time on a rewatch here. Um, I feel like this, this is a strong episode. It's not the strongest of season two and season two and season well, I'll save that for later, but you know, as far as what seasons are the strongest overall, but, um, but so far, and, and for what I know, at least is going to be in season two, this is a good episode. Not the, not the best though. Um, last week, you know, I, I weighed in on sister city. There was a lot about that episode. I liked there was, and, and there was just some, I, not that I disliked, but I just thought it was okay, but it wasn't, awesome or great um you know I, I think we had said that maybe the guest star in that case fred armison maybe played a little bit too big a role right yeah. uh, it was semi-distracting and it stole from from that bench here uh, it wasn't the guest stars as much as it was you know it was a leslie story a leslie and andy story totally carried by them you know like you said Anne supports it as she always does um ron had a good couple sight jokes and maybe one liners but not right. much more than that um you know and clearly you know the the plane was delayed from uh you know south america and uh <laughs> and the, and the ladies haven't made it back yet so we had a and we we did have some great jerry ribbing i enjoyed that i think I they, too. they they've gotten that that um that trope if you will down solid here it's the best of it you know <laughs> jerry did both things uh stupid and and not at all and got ribbed for both and yeah. uh so it's hard to beat that i i, I feel for me this is another seven pointer um, much like Sister City was, it did not make it to the, uh, you know, uh, to the eights or the 7.5s even. Um, overall, I I did like the episode. It, I wouldn't say it's my favorite one of this season, but it's a good episode. And, um, you know, I feel like we're still, again, headed in the right direction. Clearly, there's a reason this show's on the air and will be on the air for many more seasons after this and that we're sitting here, you know, 10 years later talking about this episode. And right. the series. Well, I like, uh, as, as always, I like your score and I like your reasoning. Uh, you know, I feel like this, you know, last week up was down, left was right. It was <laughs> cats and dogs living together, total chaos. I couldn't believe that I scored higher than you. So now right. I'm, I'm more back to a comfort zone where you're typically half a point higher than I am. Yeah. So that, that, that actually makes sense. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, good episode. Yeah. So, so far last week was our anomaly then in that range. That's right. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, I thank everybody for listening to us this week, and we will be back next week with another new episode, episode seven of season two, Greg Pekaitis. And, oh, Pekaitis. Uh, Pekaitis. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Me too. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening, and we look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. 
Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.